Chapter Twenty Three of A Superfluous Woman by Emma Francis Brooke. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Bruce Peary. The evening cleared up more determinately, though not with any settled tendency toward finer weather. The moon, sailing high in the heavens, wore a beautiful watery halo, and was followed and crossed and surrounded by a court of ever-changing chalky, wraith-like clouds, the whole appearance of the sky being of hurry and preparation for a coming downfall. Every now and then they dispersed and drew back, leaving the tranquil disk with its colored ring, peaceful and lonely, in a deeply colored, cold, clear night, over which again presently that noiseless tumult swept and hurried. In the upturned leaves of the birch-trees went the sound of a little showery breeze, and the winding paths showed in the silvery light as cold and slimy tracks through the fields or heather while the sides of the barns and sheds exhibited also the same silvery shining wetness it must have been toward nine o'clock that the door at the back of the mackenzie's cottage softly opened and jessamine slid cautiously out into the night she had her rough gray skirt drawn high above her slender ankles and her gray plaid twisted about her head and shoulders save for the exquisite face lying like a carved bit of ivory between the folds she might have been taken for any village lassie creeping out for a tryst with her lover slipping cautiously round the corner of the house jessamine peered toward the kitchen window and saw that a faint ray of light came from under the door and from the chink in the shutter and lay upon the wet pools in the yard the mackenzies then had not yet retired but the house was closed up for the night and there was no chance of disturbance the gurgling sound of water in the gutters the dropping from the eaves and the cold swish of the trees threw an indescribable feeling of discomfort around jessamine shivered she half drew back went forward a hesitating pace or two and paused and then ran desperately on her light step was indistinguishable amid the various noises of the night there was some distance for her to traverse and once across the road in the safe loneliness of the fields and open space the girl sped recklessly onward uttering every now and then a sobbing incoherent word or sentence that seemed to throw itself out of her agitation without her will and purpose for whither were her hurrying steps bent they carried her not over the heather merely her spirit as a skiff broken from the anchor leaped and bounded forward on uncharted seas scudding before the winds and at their mercy each beat of her foot upon the ground thrust the familiar world behind her the new the irrevocable the wild adventure lay before an intoxicated sense of loose moorings an exaltation of the mind at her own daring the thousand vivid allurements of the moment sped whirling through her brain in one spot a complacent whisper hummed an assurance that the future still lay in the future and the possibility of safety was not yet snatched from her 
that the seductive could be dallied with yet find her adamant in the last resort another corner concealed a reckless thing which told itself that the cup was there and that the lips should drink it every drop nor pause till it was drained and just there it was that the wild fiery throb kept burning and stabbing and thrilling her through and through somewhere on the edges of all was a whisper cold and gray as the dim shade that uttered it this murmured of the consequence and muttered warning but who listens to a thing dreary and chill that was the place of the anchor and the mooring from which she bounded away and behind it was an old world in collapse with faint thunders of falling cities growing less and less in her ears i care for nothing i care for nothing some strange voice floated that out on the air and suddenly she stood still she looked up the greatness of the night and the streaming rack with the moonlight leaping upon it arrested her with it some answering greatness some womanly foreboding rose within she stared up to the sky clenching her hands but her eyes and cheeks were wet as the night itself again she sought wildly over the heavens and again nothing like prayer would come nothing save that sick revolt against the purposeless convention which was all the goodness she had ever learned she raised the clenched hands upward and cried out again i care for nothing i care for nothing there is no meaning anywhere save this what was i born for if this is wrong out on the air rose her cry and shrinking from the silence that followed with renewed recklessness she darted on mcgillivray's land being reached she walked more composedly casting as she went searching fearful glances about the bushes and this because she became suddenly seized by an unreasoning fear that old rory would start out from them and claim her with his terrible courteous welcome the barns the new substantial buildings so much handsomer than the cottage of their owner were presently to be discerned their slated roofs shining in the mingled wet and moonlight by night they seemed larger than in the daytime and the little path was swallowed up in their shadow she paused confusedly wondering which way to turn in order to reach the door in the front and as she paused she inconsequently blamed colin that she was thus left to hesitation and permitted to wait alone the next moment just as inconsequently she shrank at his presumption because she found herself encircled by his arms i was waitin' for you lassie mine for a whole long hour came the warm rich voice through the chill night air Money a weary time have i stepped over the betfield to the road and looked and waited there will be a hunger in my heart indeed for it will be a night and a day since i was seeing you and your promise made the time seem longer 
jessamine sank against his breast suddenly still she heard over and over again the echoes of his voice everything was done then there was no more any struggle left neither decision nor hesitation but mere drifting and helplessness the thunders and voices and hurry in her mind were at an end silence came with his touch she slightly shivered take me to the barn she murmured in a moment he had lifted her in his arms like a child it'll be wet for your wee bet feet lassie and oh my loo i canna draw thee close enough she clung about his neck stiller than ever thought anxiety terror were annihilated there was nothing left in all the world but this the moment the moment that was all no peace was ever more complete a nicht and a day he murmured with his lips against her cheek as he walked only so long the sweet mouth breathed back in the lowest whisper so low a whisper that the words seemed to slide from her tongue to his ear without the medium of sound and with no more will than is thrown into a sigh and long enough my do my wife only so long stole the tiny musical murmur again i thought it was a week a month the phrase uttered her eyes closed softly was ever love-making sweet as this he strained her to his heart with such an up-leap of wonder and of thankfulness that utterance overflowed into silence and was lost treading gently strongly and slowly so that the tender moment might not be overpassed too soon he brought her silently at last within the shelter of the barn set me down she whispered when she felt the dry rafters over her and the warm air about her in her heart was no other feeling than that of a helpless sliding strange delicious fatal and full full of that peace there was a homely smell of hay and seed a mild agricultural odor and from somewhere beyond a partition came the soft wholesome breathing of cows instead of obeying her colin seated himself upon an upturned wooden box which he had prepared for the purpose and drew her to his knee a single lantern swung from the roof sending a meagre though steady light which disclosed the middle part of the barn floor carefully cleared and brushed by colin in the centre was the improvised seat with a rug thrown upon it some gleamings from polished metal showed the harness hanging in the dark corners into which also various simple agricultural implements were pushed and the sides of the barn were decorated with scythes hay-forks bunches of herbs and repositories for seed-stock save one side which was a bare partition with apertures whence came the quiet rustle and the warm breaths of cattle above all the lantern's steady ray illumined the group in the centre 
the woman lying still as death in the arms of the man her face with closed eyes against his breast while his head leaned down to touch hers for a full quarter of an hour speechless and motionless the two remained locked in an emotion apparently as simple primitive and undivided as though time had run back for them and borne them to the age of paradise in truth jessamine was in a half fainting condition will and thought obliterated in the strong reaction after struggle of which indeed the sole survival was a faint surmise a surmise indefinitely circled by that peace of acquiescence she lay with her face like a bit of exquisite carved ivory against his rough coat her long black lashes resting on her cheeks colin's face with its deep conscious life presented to hers as strong a contrast as it is possible to conceive he had spent the interval between the last meeting and this in a way of his own and the mark of it remained with him he leaned above that half-fainting acquiescent feminine frailty upon his breast with a look of reverence the impassioned tenderness of his eyes undivorced from the strong quiet curve of the restrained lips and delicately harmonizing with that and the thrill of his arms over their burden subordinated to the slow massive and accumulated power of his will and conscience thus within this seemingly mutual trance of emotion difference was already at its work the woman slipping darkly and helplessly towards some moral abyss and he with his will anchored as it were to the stars the stirring of a heifer beyond the wooden wall and a sudden prolonged and plaintive low aroused the pair from their impassioned stillness and set the tongue to its restless work of speech colin had his thoughts to impart and these had been lashed to unwonted speed by the sweet confession which had fallen from jessamine in the moment that he raised her in his arms lassie mine he murmured at last the lids at which he looked longingly and reverently raised themselves suddenly to a wide-open gaze of suspense that startled him he looked into them until his heart almost swooned with bliss and pain we need not be waitin long my do he whispered not long his utterance was slow unwilling and bare because of the mighty restrained emotion behind the dark unfathomable eyes stared at him the very breath suspended and the heart almost ceasing to beat what could he say more where seek for and hit upon true expression among so much he failed to discover fitting words at all i'll be after knockin up the wee bit chamber for you he murmured there's nothin money will buy but i'll get it for you lassie he continued impulses of extravagance shooting across his canny scotch thriftfulness at this she made a movement 
she laid her hand on his coat and pulled herself to a more upright position still with that wild suspended gaze it shook more words from him you'll be tellin john mackenzie my own sweet lou he said and we'll be lookin for the weddin bells before the month is out thank god he added in an eager whisper i'm a solid man and there's naething need keep us twain waitin and apart i'll fix it up jessie this month we'll go straight on my lassie like the lightnin love said he canna be waitin too long too long but to this he earned no response had all the love been breathed out in that one sweet whisper whose echoes still stirred live and warm in his heart she sat straight up now looking into his face his face all tremulous with tenderness and reverent devotion and she placed one hand on his shoulder while the other lay limp in her lap you'll not be saying me nay he pleaded lassie i canna wait my heart's pooled in two with lovin when i'm my lane i canna be my lane sweet jessie any more i'm needin you snug in my life and no more good-byes nor good morrows i will never be knowin what love was before it is said he trembling a little and looking away from her and up to the rafters where a dove or two sat a great a great matter whereupon at that suddenly she slid from his knee and stood upright on the floor beside him he rose too and came close to her and impatient of distance drew her again unresistingly within his arms she leaned against him but still she did not speak i cannot fetch it into my mind he continued that i'm deservin of this great gift whatever but i'm thankin the lord indeed seems like the fiery chariot of elijah that went by he looked away from her again and raised his hand moving it gently in the air and seemed bereft of further speech in wonder colin the tone was scarcely natural it was thin as well as low oh my we do what your voice is to me he murmured overjoyed at hearing it tell me you'll be saying yes to your own man tell me you'll be coming to me drawin into my wee bit hoosie like the sunshine that you are and that you'll be restin there and makin it summer oncer and all colin my lassie don't don't say that not that about the chariot of fire why not lassie mine i'm fair whirled away into a heaven of my own caught up and carried i'm lifted up from earth oh no colin oh no not that not that the voice wailed with helpless tears in it the engrossed tenderness of colin's face changed a little to surprise i'll not be saying a thing that my lassie will not be likin said he briefly i don't like it gasped jessamine with her hand against her throat it it frightens me it will just be what i was feelin but i'll be sayin it no more the girl stood clutching the lapel of his coat and staring at him speechlessly 
the echoes of his silver tongue pierced her ear and touched her heart his face and his eyes overcame her but all around and about this fair image of manly love beat chaotic miseries and the religious fervor of his wooing and his simple conscientious aims drove her cruelly back upon them and divided him and her and froze up that acquiescent glow within her heart of hearts into a nipping grief what was the simple natural issue to him was just the clear impossible to her not yet could she fathom or dare to realize the abyss between them but the feeling of it crept near already cold and cruel as death colin she began again her voice hoarse with a fear beyond words jessie he responded and then he looked at her gravely with more attentive interest and scrutiny a scrutiny which was not so much blinded by his own emotion as before the terror and entreaty in her eyes began forthwith to become apparent to him his head leaned forward a little and his puzzled look gazed into them as for those eyes of hers they searched everywhere over his face and over his whole nature in a wild and desperate appeal just such an appeal had she made to the dumb mythologies of all times just such an entreaty against the laws of life and fate that crushed and threatened her her own feeling became darker to herself and more overwhelming the intoxication was over each thought was an abyss each breath a slip downward she shrank in ignorant terror from herself and in shocked amazement from her remembered thoughts but more than all she shrank from the religious fervor of his wooing from the austere tenderness which made so terrible a claim upon her and up to the level of which she knew it was impossible for her to rise how should he see that every word conjured up images of distaste and unbearable hardness that behind the face and eyes to which her gaze might have clung with supreme and satisfied love hovered to her mind an austerity that terrified all the best gifts he had to offer seemed to her half-swooning heart as fetters and a dungeon her love had the quality of self-abandonment but could not rise to sacrifice shame she would have accepted but noble endurance was as yet beyond her so the pair of human souls chained together solely by passion divided by everything that remained gazed into each other's eyes silent because the darkness and the separation were invincible yet some reflection from the terrified phantoms that stole up and down the edges of jessamine's mind and did duty for thinking crept into the mirror of her eyes and suddenly into the midst of them colin's quick words were interpolated i mean fair by you lassie he cried 
the tone was anxious hurried even business-like before it the sick heart of the girl swooned afresh as with a wound the contract the contract how should the honest fair-dealing man dream that the terms of the bargain are not forever the main thing in the heart of the impassioned woman to his quick short sentences she offered no reply save a gasp she continued to stare up in his face as a dumb child might to a mistaken parent as a lamb to the slaughterer as human nature to an irresponsive god the silent searching fear of her face the desperation of her mute appeal moved the man beyond expression it drove him from love-making to asseveration a spirit as of the ancient covenanters wakened in him a remorseless puritanic self-sacrificing austerity woman cried he sternly as i live i'm mean and fair by you whereat hearing the sternness of his voice her own wild daring tender love fled and sank away somewhere out of sight abashed and horrified the rose in her heart froze in a moment the man her own lover had detected it perhaps seen it and reproached her she was wrong then bad in his eyes ah there was something more awful than society's tongue-wagging for love's sake leaping in her own experience over some abyss the nature of which she but faintly comprehended she had alighted at the bottom only to meet with the furies of disdain chaotic sounds rang in her head and ears she uttered a broken cry and threw herself upon his breast grasping his coat with her hands and sobbing in an emotion as incomprehensible to him as it appeared to be inconsolable no penitent but disgraced wife could have felt an anguish more acute than did jessamine as she lay there colin held her firmly quietly concerned now chiefly in the beneficent habit which he extended to every living thing to still and soothe this emotion away when he believed it to be subsiding his own tenderness broke out again in the only speech that he knew of which might be likely to touch and heal this fear and draw her again within a circle of reassurance why do you greet lass he murmured with unutterable gentleness why will you not be speaking you understand me jessie bonny bird you will be trustin me your colin i mean fair by you honest as a man can mean what do you fear my loo my do wee wee wife of mine he spoke with difficulty his bronzed strong throat quivering with tenderness and sympathy and his heart heaving with the great faithful tumult of his passion he passed his hand over and over her dark hair in curious worshipful delight 
and his thinking was a single unmingled vow of devotion protection and plighted troth it was the highest he could conceive of love's surrender for colin too had prized his freedom and he held it a cheap price indeed she kissed his muscular sunburned hand every time it neared her lips and shuddered at his words that shudder he felt and he marvelled the more his slow mind quickened by love moved from all its well-anchored points and sought far and wide over all his knowledge and experience for some solution to the trouble that shook her and his tongue gathered up into unwonted words the tender distresses of his heart jessie my lass said he in a firmer graver tone through which ran a hint of reproach you must be leanin on me trustin me colin he added would never shame you whereat the slight figure trembled like a leaf and the head drooped like a withered flower she had abandoned herself and all her preconceived ideas to meet with blank rejection good save us cried the man in intense agitation i will be always holdin you high you will never need be fearin nor flyin off nor tremblin like a shy frightened bird the angels above his voice choked and broke it will be like that i am thinkin of you jessie my wife my wife words could not express his uttermost devotion and reverence speech altogether failed him he lifted his hand and his eyes helplessly to the rafters where the white gleam of the sleeping doves arrested him with a sense of harmony that answered for him but then the half-swooning girl lashed by his words as by scorpions terrified ignorant withered by shame her very passion flying from her like a wild strayed thing from some immeasurable prairie land of freedom back whence it came slipped from his arms and tumbled suddenly to the ground at his feet and lay before him in an abashed heap of tingling dismay colin startled beyond expression his scotch slowness and undemonstrativeness hampering him in the one brief second that was left drew back a step before he stooped to raise his fallen burden did he for the first time apprehend something foreign incompatible strange into that second of time rushed all the dividing legions that come between human souls when he stooped toward it the form which had lain like a dead thing leaped to its feet ere he had touched it and darted from him to the half-open door and thence out into the night colin like a man amazed hesitated for another brief second and then rushed to the entrance sending his voice after her in a mighty cry of tender entreaty but the night itself was cruel strangling clouds hung over the moon and in the north the hurrying rack had suddenly coalesced 
and from thence blown by the risen wind a blinding furious shower came and beat across his eyes he stood peering and calling and waving his arms like one distraught then he plunged over the heather in a direction different from the one her winged feet had taken and at length struck by a sudden faintness of despair he fell face downward on the soaking ground of his own field like a wraith she had vanished from his life End of chapter twenty three